Patrick Stevens probably saw that game last night as he covers college basketball for the Washington Post, of course, at D1 Source on Twitter. And I, Patrick, man, I, this year in college basketball, I feel like we've had this conversation in the past, you know, when we talk about college basketball, where it's, oh, crazy year, kind of unpredictable. This just feels different. The parody or the unpredictability, or however you want to describe it, just feels like more than usual in college hoops. Can you think of another season that has been this either unpredictable or maybe in some cases frustrating as we've had this year in college hoops? Well, I, I think the thing that's different about it maybe more than anything is that it's the names at the top that you're not used to seeing there, right? Like, I mean, there, I wrote a little bit about this this week where you're not going to have a Duke or a Carolina or a Kentucky end up as a number one seed. Um, Houston hasn't been a one seed since 1983. Purdue hasn't been a one seed since 1996. Alabama, never. Tennessee, never. Kansas State, never. Texas, not since 2003. And we can kind of run through a few more of those. Um, but, but the point being that it's not sort of a usual suspect sort of year. You know, and, and we don't even have – Gonzaga as the as the team that's going to roll through and only lose two games all season you know, until the tournament. So heck, they might even they might even lose their second league game of the season tomorrow night when they're on Saturday night when they play St. Mary. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I I think that's a big part of it that you're kind of looking around and and you're not used to seeing Alabama and Tennessee and and, and some of these other teams kind of locked in there on, in that in that top five top ten area. And, and, and then, of course, you know, Tennessee goes and does something like it did last night, losing to Florida. Uh, you know, Alabama has the wild swing of losing to Oklahoma and then just playing a, an entirely different uh, sport than Vanderbilt did the other night, apparently. So uh, I, I, I think that probably has a little bit to do with it as well. I think, uh, I mean, the team that I trust the most, but again, I had this problem last year, and I know like last year it came down to not hitting free throws, but they're so tough defensively is Houston, and we're about to see mm -hmm. them in action here in a couple hours. Your thoughts on them this season? Do you trust them when we get into March? Because they're so well coached, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, like, the, the level of trust that I have in teams basically extends through the first weekend. Mm -hmm. Because after that, usually who's left is is a team that if you get if you get hot, those teams are good enough to beat just about anybody once you get to that, that stage. But I agree with you on Houston being about as trustworthy a team out there as there is because that defense is going to travel. Uh, you think about – I got to see them early in the season up close, sitting courtside. They were in the D.C. area playing St. Joe's in the Veterans Classic at Navy, and it was just striking. Now, granted, St. Joe's is not a team like the sort that they're going to run into in a Sweet 16 or an Elite Eight game, but it was still striking just how committed they are at the defensive end. And so – you know what's the path to them losing? You, they get cold and they and they do sort of what they did against Temple, right? A 56-55 type of game. But that's not a team that I think is going to get run off the floor by just about anybody. They are going to be in pretty much every game, and, and it might not always be pretty. Uh, but I, I do think that's one of the handful of teams that I feel like you can probably more safely than anybody else pencil them into the second weekend of the tournament. Yeah, I know it's only early February, but we got enough of a sample size of a lot of these teams to at least you know, have an idea of what they could do, given, you know, obviously, the unpredictability still of this season. What are some of the traits that you look for in teams this year that you think give them a better shot in having a long run once we get to the tournament? Well, you know, everybody likes to say that defense wins championships, but you have to score to win, especially in the postseason. So teams that are up there in the, in the top 10, top 20 in, in offensive efficiency – 
is the kind of thing that I look for. So, you know, a team like a UCLA that also happens to have an elite defense, you know, and they also happen to have been there before, that's the kind of thing that stands out. Houston, by the way, efficiency-wise, is actually quite good. Uh, better than you'd think, but they're, you're also trying to make the comparison uh, relative to a league and, uh, that, that it maybe isn't as strong. So, yeah, I, I think those are things that kind of stand out. I, I kind of often look at a team that, you know, how hungry are they from a year ago, given how they might have been bounced from a tournament. Uh, and so a team that maybe exited early, or more poignantly, a team that, that was able to, you know, to get to an Elite Eight before they lost or got to a Final Four before they lost. Uh, so that's kind of the sort of thing that I'll look for. But in a season like this, as you alluded to, you know, there isn't exactly a, a singular dominant force outside perhaps just Zach Eady by himself. So I, I think it's a little harder uh, to pinpoint things for this particular group of teams than maybe in a typical year. Patrick, I know Villanova is obviously going through a down year. You're right without uh, Jay, or year one without Jay Wright, but still a nice win for Marquette last night. Unfortunately, I was on the wrong side betting against uh, Marquette, but what a fun story Shaka Smart is here. Uh, I covered the team when, when Woj was there, never even won an NCAA tournament game, had some decent teams with like Marcus Howard, but you know what? Uh, what are your thoughts on Marquette right now? Because they're minus one forty to win the Big East. The next best odds: Xavier plus one eighty, and then Creighton at five to one. I think Creighton. We all we all kind of overrated them coming into the season. Who do you like in the Big East, though? Is it Marquette or is it Xavier? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about with those two teams, two of the most fun teams to watch on offense, right? The Boom Kid for the UTEP transfer, Sully Boom for Xavier, yeah. uh, somebody that is just off the charts uh, with with the impact he's had. And then you look at Marquette, like you said, you've got you got Tyler Colick, the George Mason transfer, who has transformed himself into basically uh, just a, a surgeon uh, running a, running an offense, just an absolute conductor there. Uh, you know, and a number of other guys that have turned out to be really really good players for them that that maybe you didn't necessarily think when they first arrived that they were going to have the sort of impact they had they're having now. A guy, a guy like an Omax Prosper. Is, is the guy that, that I'm thinking of on that front. But I, I think both of those teams certainly have a chance to, to, to do some good, good damage come March. And, and you're talking about two coaches that are, that are fairly proven as well, maybe not uh, s- several Final Fours there, but Shaka Smart got VCU to a Final Four. Sean Miller did some damage the first time around at Xavier and at Arizona. Uh, and, and so I think those two teams in particular, I got to see Creighton last night against Georgetown, which w- was maybe a, a regrettable life choice on my part. <laughs> uh, but, but, but I would tell you that, that Creighton had an off night and still won by 10. And, and you look at them and, and they just do what they do and they do it really well. And, and so, you know, they're healthy at this point. They're not particularly deep, which is a bit of a concern, but I do think that they can cause some problems. I don't think Providence is quite as good as it was last year, but but that doesn't mean that they're not good and that they're not capable of, of being able to to make a push of some kind or another. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of in wait and see mode. I'm obviously on UConn, like just about everybody else is, to see yeah. if they can kind of f- figure everything out. But to swing it back to Marquette, I mean, think about this. This is a team that that really wasn't on a ton of radars as like a top ten, top fifteen type team at the start of the year, and their only losses have come by five at Purdue by three on a neutral floor to Mississippi State, in overtime against Wisconsin, in overtime at Providence, and by four at Xavier. So there's there's not a bad showing there. I mean, you could probably make the case that their worst game of the year uh, was probably, 
you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking through this whole thing right now. It's actually kind of hard to pinpoint. Was it was it beating a, a decent Radford team by ten in the season opener? I mean, that might be the answer to that. Was it was it last night against the Villanova team that's still reintegrating Justin Moore into its offense? Was it you know 96-85 at St. John's in a, in a game that defense wasn't permitted? I, I don't know, but we're 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 really you know splitting hairs when it comes down to that. So I think there's a lot to like there about Marquette. Uh, obviously, the schedule maybe turns against them a little bit here. I think after this home game against Butler, you know things get a little dicier. I think it's four out of six on the road uh, before they finish at home against St. John's. But there is a lot to like about that Marquette team. Talking to Patrick Stevens on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line, the Phoenix of revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to the best in the bedroom. Visit ByThePhoenix.com to learn more. Uh, going out west to the Pac-12, it feels like a collision course there, really. UCLA mm-hmm. and Arizona is the, the two teams that could win that conference. I know U- USC is, what, a game back of uh, UCLA. But, like, it really just – it's UCLA, it's Arizona. Arizona's 5-0 and against AP-ranked teams this year. Yeah. Out, out of those two – who do you feel more comfortable as a Pac-12 champion if somebody was looking in the futures market and wanted to still jump into that right now and find a winner? Well, I'll tell you what. This is one of these situations where, you know, you kind of trust what your eyeballs tell you. And, and I was at the UCLA-Maryland game back in December, and, and Maryland was <laughs> awful that night. But oh, that UCLA was more was than awful. That was, that was – it was over in like two minutes, man. That was unbelievable. It was, it, it was, it was over in a hurry. But oh. UCLA, UCLA was so, so good. Yeah. and. You know, it, it's funny. I mentioned seeing Houston earlier in the year. I mean, UCLA and Houston are the two best teams that I have seen in person this season and just walked away thinking, yeah, they could win six in a row in March if it came down to that. So, you know, I, I really, really like that team. They're older. They're experienced. Uh, you know, they play defense the way Mick Cronin wants them to play. Uh, and, yeah, they've, come, they've had a couple of tough losses on the road to Arizona and USC. Uh, but I really, really like their chances to get hot the rest of the way. I mean, you think you look at what they've got coming up over the next month or so, home games against the Washington teams at the Oregon schools, home games against the Bay Area schools, a trip to the to Utah and Colorado, and then Arizona State and Arizona at home. I mean, I mean that's a team that could very easily just run the table in regular season play and end up 18-2. and two. Probably pick up a loss somewhere along the way, just because you know weird things happen when you go to Utah and Colorado in that league. You know, Oregon's good for one random oddball victory the last month of the season, and, and then Arizona obviously is quite good too. But that's the team I think I trust just a little bit more than Arizona at this point with with Hawkes and Ty, Tiger Campbell and, and Jalen Clark obviously creating all sorts of problems at both ends of the floor. Well, it's good to hear that. UCLA 12-1 to one to win the national title, Ryan. And a lot of people don't watch these teams out west as much, so sometimes you can find some value there and they can sneak up on you just a little bit. UCLA, well-coached, veterans yeah, there. They brought a lot of talent back. So, Patrick Stevens, really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks so much for having me, fellas. He's the best. You could go multiple segments with him. He joined us, of course, on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix of revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit ByThePhoenix.com to learn more. I may put a little sprinkle on UCLA to win the national title now after that. You like UCLA? At 12-1, to 1, that's a pretty good value still. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any futures in college basketball this Cause year, Because you can't man. trust anybody. I just, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Purdue at 9-1, to one, I wouldn't touch it. Purdue could lose their second game of the tournament. Like, I like Houston, but uh, I liked Houston last year. I liked Arizona a lot last year. I liked Arizona more last year. Obviously, you know, you lose a guy like Benedict Matherin. <laughs> it's a pretty big loss. I think he should be rookie of the year. I know what Paolo's doing. We can, we can talk about that another time. But you look at the last week, the trending, like how he's trending. Benedict Matherin is the real deal. 
gonna be something like Virginia, twenty-two to one, winning the national title. I mean, maybe Florida Golf. Florida Golf Coast. Yes. Remember when they went to the Sweet Sixteen a couple years back? That was fun. I think it was. I great. almost went there. Oh, I might have to hear that story. It's Bet MGM the night. You just did. <laughs>